Hey, this is Dan. It's our 50th episode. I can't believe we've got here. We've been podcasting for over a year. We got over 50,000 downloads. Thanks so much to everyone for listening, to giving us little commenty commenties, to giving us shouts on Twitter, to writing us emails. It's been extraordinarily rewarding. We are so stoked to do this podcast, and we feel like we're just getting started. Everybody, welcome to the Lifestyle Business Podcast, where we believe building a business is the ideal way to create more freedom and opportunity for you, your family, and those around. Today, I am joined, as per usual, by my captain, my co-host, a man who believes that American muscle cars are the way to a lady's heart. Welcome to the program, Ian. Yeah, buddy. If you guys stick around to the end of the episode, we'll teach you a dirty little Craigslist hack that can save you tons of time while surveying deals, and how you can set up a world domination headquarters in your home for only 30 bucks. Ian, welcome. Welcome to the program. It's Tuesday night. It's 8 p.m. We're sitting down like we said we would three times a week, getting started on the Lifestyle Business Podcast, getting this stuff pumping. What's the news over there? Hey, Dan. Good to see you again. We just got back from a vigorous day of warehouse searching. Actually, you just got back from a vigorous day of warehouse searching. I just got back from a vigorous day of playing PS3. Tons of issues bopping around in my head, but the primary one is BlackBerry versus iPhone. I've been now a BlackBerry user for a week, and there's some things that I think are an advantage advantage to having the BlackBerry. One is form factor. For me, being on the telephone an hour a day, you want to be on a BlackBerry. So we don't have landlines in our business. But if you want to not get a tired arm and you don't want to get a hot ear, BlackBerry could be the way to go. Another thing I like about BlackBerry is that it automatically downloads your emails. You don't do that thing where you click into your inbox and then you click back out and then it buzzes and you're looking at your other inboxes because you got four of them set up and they're buzzing all over the place. It's instant on the BlackBerry. I like that. I'm not sold on the keyboards like people who sort of grew up on the BlackBerry are. It's pretty much inevitable that I'm going to go back to iPhone here. But I think as a purely office phone, I've been pretty happy with the BlackBerry. Of course, you can sort of toss it around a little bit too because it's not exactly as nice as the iPhone. I was about to say, uh, well, this is good news for the company because it sounds like you're not going to want the new iPhone. But as it turns out, you do want the new iPhone. I do want the new iPhone. One other concept that comes up in my mind is this idea of location independent. I've been reflecting, Ian, because I'm sort of back in my hometown after three years on the road. Location independent makes sense as sort of a, a genre of people that are going around and their income maybe is not tied up with where they are. But it's very different from being location arbitrary. What I've done for the last three years is although I've been sort of globe trotting, I've been trotting right up to places that make sense for my lifestyle and what kind of business we're trying to create here. I'm not hanging out in random places, really. Right. These places, they have something to do with what we're doing and also spending time with my family. Obviously, that's not arbitrary at all. One of these wonderful things that comes out of these lifestyle businesses is that I spent a luxurious many weeks at home lounging around with my family. Just an incredible experience, which makes me again think this is not location arbitrary. This is location freedom and having the ability to choose locations that help you to grow relationships that are meaningful to you, whether that's in your family or your business, and then build these relationships in places that are meaningful for your business, like us, the Philippines and Vietnam and China. These places have all played big roles in our business. When I think about location, 
vacation arbitrary, I always think about vacation. The more business that I'm doing, the more compelled I am to take vacations where I can do business. Right. The more trips that I go on and the more places I visit, the more I think about doing business while I'm there. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what that does, Ian, is it makes your vacations 36% cheaper than anybody else's vacations. So absolutely, make sure you're taking those trips on the business. You're getting some business done. Let's just move right on to the meat and potatoes here. Last episode, we talked a little bit about a prescriptive way to start a business. A lot of people reading our bloggies, listening to our potties, they're thinking, man, that's great, but I don't got an idea for how to get started for a business. Dig the principles, bros, but what are we going to do to get started? This is our prescriptive technique. Last episode, we talked about eight hours. That clock was ticking. Right. Anybody who wants to email us, tweak their basic idea that they came up with in eight hours that they're feeling very insecure about at this moment. Feel free to do that. Yeah, this is free advice. Feel free to send it in. A lot of people out there, they're digging this stuff, but they're not at that exact moment of inspiration. And that's a huge problem because you need to get the experience of going through the process, failing. That's that hard one. You can get in that mindset where you feel like you can start over like tomorrow. It's no problem. You're a machine. You're an animal. You're built for this stuff. And you have that confidence and that ability just to sort of push through, get stuff done. And it's not only just the ability because it can feel sort of terrifying, but you feed off of it. You get confident. You feel good about having these high level interactions with new people. You feel less fear. You feel excited. The cool thing I like about business these days, especially business online, is that it doesn't cost a lot of money to fail. Back in the day, if you want to set up a brick and mortar business, it will cost you a lot of money. These days, it doesn't cost you anything. Buy a domain, spend some time plugging along on it. It costs you a couple hundred bucks. You can fail a whole bunch of times for nearly no money. Even with product businesses, there's not a lot of businesses that look like ours, Ian, because we've got offices in China. Right now, that office is one person. We've got an office in the Philippines, which right now is three full-time staff. We've got a couple people globetrotting on us, and then we've got people in California. A very low-cost structure. We started a manufacturing business for $35,000. Yep, pretty much. Thirty-five grand. It's unheard of. When we go around and look at other companies, there's not a lot of other companies like us, and I feel like that's because we're taking advantage of this new possibilities for doing business. We're giving a prescriptive technique here for creating a business for under $300. We created a massive product business for thirty-five grand. Yeah, it's amazing. It was really actually a little bit of an ego pump the other day to talk to our accountant and have them say, it's incredible that you guys are in the black here after only being in business for 40 months. Well, now that you got the Amex, we'll see if that's still the case. Too. Back to the red, baby. All right, so let's just move on to the prescriptive techniques. You've done eight hours. You've come up with your idea. You've done the brain dump that we talked about in episode 49. Two hours of brainstorming with smart business people. Now, we've offered that you can send that to us. You can always call our voicemail line and we'll talk to you on the back end. If you're willing to record a Skype conversation with me, let me know. If you want to put that on the podcast and if you're willing to share that with our listeners, I'll offer that to you right now today. Of course, you can join us 8 p.m. on Ustream. From 8 to 9, we're going to be answering questions and doing the live podcast. So if you're interested in that, you can definitely get some feedback from us and the community there. Share your ideas with the community. Don't hide your ideas. Share them. Yeah, and you can always approach other entrepreneurs. Most entrepreneurs love to hear other people's ideas. Don't be so protected about your ideas. Went to a meetup one time and this guy was telling us how cool his idea was, but he couldn't tell us about it. Like, we're going to go run off and develop it. You go to some meetups if you don't really know any entrepreneurs, start telling them about your ideas. Yeah, absolutely. Here's the thing about the two hours of brainstorming with smart business people. You need to go to people who've done this before. 
before, who have some sort of precedent experience. The difference between bouncing this off someone in your immediate family or in your immediate friendship group and bouncing it off a sharky business dude who's been through this process a bunch of times is just so different. Yeah. And I say sharky because if you haven't listened to Shark Tank on This Week in Startups with Jason Calacanis, people chuck ideas at that guy. He just grabs them and takes them and jams them to a place where they're going to create more value. He's just such a stud when it comes to this stuff. You need to find somebody like that that you can get a hold of and can really just say, look, dude, don't take this approach. You really need to look down this approach. I've done it before. I know you're going to fall flat on your face, but you're moving in the right direction. Smart business people are going to force you to do certain things. They're going to force you to have a product that demands attention. They're going to force you to create a unique value proposition. They're going to force you to consider seriously your pricing structure. They're going to force you to say, your product needs to solve a problem, a problem that exists. Your product needs to meet a demonstrated market. Can you demonstrate for me that this market exists? Smart business people, they're going to force you to consider this stuff. And sometimes when you're on your own, you can get a little dreamy and you can forget about the realities, especially if it's a product that's your first time out the gate. Give yourself the best advantage here. Get some good feedback and do this in two hours. We made that mistake when we first started out. We developed a product that we created a problem for. All right, and so you've got two hours. You've connected with a smart business person, whether that's a local meetup. I would recommend reaching out to a blogger, reaching out to a podcaster, reaching out to somebody who's publishing information about a business model that you're interested in pursuing. Once you're done with that, you've refined your ideas, you move on to the next step. This is an eight-hour step. This is going to take you eight hours if you shop and you follow the guide here. Here we go. You're going to put up a one-page WordPress blog sales letter modified after a sales letter that we're going to put up on our blog. Okay. This is a sales letter from Yannick Silver. It's old school. It's creaky. You can modify it to taste. We are going to force you to fully conceptualize the idea of this product, the value proposition. And you know what my favorite part about a sales letter, Ian, is? What's up? Is those six bullet points of the things that you're going to reveal. Let me give you an example. You could say if it's a mortgage product, we'll reveal to you the number one most commonly misunderstood principle that loses people thousands of dollars on their mortgage. And you just list them off. The one thing that you could know that could save you $5,000. Yeah. It's important for you to pull out to sort of identify with your audience and figure out what's really going to be valuable for them. What's really going to inspire them to buy. And that always starts with a headline. Don't make it a dinky headline. You're going to have to pull somebody in and answer their curiosity in less than three seconds. One way you can do that, worried where your next mortgage payment will come from? Question mark. We can help you in 15 minutes or less. You have to inspire them to stay there in less than three second. That means it's got to be big. It's got to be bold. It's got to be center and it's got to get people moving. Okay. The point of a sales letter is to entice people into buying your product. So it makes sense to create the sales letter first because that's where you're going to figure out where the value is in your product. There's a lot of good reasons to write your sales letter first. Absolutely. Most of you will hopefully decide to choose an information product. You've got to be pathologically insane to choose physical products. Yeah. It's been cool for us, but we don't recommend it. It's tougher. It's more expensive. It's a bigger pain in the butt. So if you've chosen an information product, what's going to happen is that this headline, these eight points that you pull out, the way that you flesh out the sales letter is actually going to mold your product to serve these needs that you're pulling out in people. It's absolutely critical that you consider this is the value proposition. A lot of people, what they're probably going to want to do, what I would want to do is skip the sales letter because it's super tough to write and it's super long, but it's so important because it's going to be the basis of your product. Again, it's really important that you do this first. Absolutely. It's even important if you're not going to use a sales letter. You could use it as a script for your ultimate 
ultimate video pitch or whatever it is you're going to use to inspire people to click that buy now button. That step is going to take you about eight hours. That's a long process. It's going to take you a whole day to write this thing. It's worth it because you have to educate these people in order to bring them into your product. From three seconds to buy, man, that's like a whole date. Right. The next step is going to be a two-hour total step. And this could be a little naughty. You're going to have to create some kind of product imagery without having a product. There's a few ways you can do this, Ian. One way is you can go to ecovermaker.com and you can upload a JPEG. Say if your product's about patriotism or something about amendment rights or taxes, you could go get a picture of the American flag, import it into ecovermaker, and then put your title of your product in there. It automatically creates the byline, the title line, and it looks like a professional e-product. Right. That's one way. Now, I'll tell you something that we did that was terribly naughty. Almost illegal, probably. This is potentially illegal advice. So someone that I knew did this, and he's a jerk, right. and I wouldn't advise it to anybody. Hypothetically speaking, you could find a photo of either a competitor's product or, say, something on Flickr that's common, something out there. What you're not testing is this photo's conversion rate. You're testing your value proposition through your sales letter. Because someone could sell, for example, a lamp, but they're selling it on how beautiful it is or on the color of the light or the energy efficiency. But you've got an inkling, Ian. You believe that if you sold the lamp knocked down in a smaller box, that that would be the critical element in making your design better than the others. So you take a Photoshop of some other image of a lamp that's very similar that you can find on the web. You Photoshop the thing or you alter it using Photoscape. This is a hot tip for PC users. Photoscape is an incredible free image manipulation program. You put the photo in there, you watermark the thing, change the shades of colors, you fudge some lines, you make it indecipherable from the original, and boom, you've got yourself some photo assets for your site. This is a two-hour process. You just got to get it done. You got to get something up there. You don't want to get yourself in a situation where you're waiting months for a prototype to come in so you can take photos. It's going to log jam your whole process because you need to figure out whether this is an effective business or not. So you got to find a way to move forward on this one. This is naughty. I feel a little guilty talking about it, but it can get some real things done in your business. Another tip, if you don't want to use my e-cover maker, is uh, you can create a bunch of PDFs and then in some program like Photoshop or Illustrator, fan them out so it looks like a five to six pages next to each other. Word. And use that as your image. That works well too. The other thing you can do, Ian, is if you pull all these assets together from different places, you can just go on Craigslist and post these projects or go down to the local college. There are so many people that would do a little creative project like this for a couple hundred bucks. If you don't want to be evil like me and Ian, you can go out there. Tons of people are looking for creative jobs like this to do on a freelance basis. Go to some bloggers who you know are traveling overseas. Maybe they've got great graphics on their website. Why not kick them a little email and say, hey, I need a picture. Right. All right, we're done with that step and let's move on to the next step. You are going to need to put a buy now button on your site. Huge. This is huge. You got your sales letter or your video pitch. You've got your imagery and right underneath that imagery, Ian, you need a buy now button. Right. And that's critical because you need to see if people click through. This is important because if you go to a focus group with a new product and you say, would you buy this product? And everybody says yes, but they know that they can't actually buy the product. If you go to focus group and people say yes, and then you open the trunk of your car and you actually have 20 products there, you're going to find a lot less people buying the product. The only focus group that matters is pulling that leather out, pulling that plastic out, right. and then putting the number in the computer. That's all that counts. The next closest thing to that is the buy now button that they click through and then they get to a landing page that says, sorry, back order. There's a bunch of clever ways you can do it depending on what you want to do with that person at that point. We've actually know people hypothetically who've done hyper evil things like actually get people 
pulls money from them, which runs them through a shopping cart, has them put their information in because you're going to get a lot more information about your market because there's a lot of cart abandonment and cart abandonment, which is someone getting to your cart page just to see what it looks like or see what the price is. And then they leave, right? You're not going to really have a true focus group unless you get that cart number. Right. This is more than slightly evil. This is pretty evil. This is illegal too. Yeah. There's companies out there that take your order and then you get an email notification that says your item is on back order for eight months. That's illegal too. An item can only be on back order for like six weeks or something. Here's the reason we're sharing this advice because we don't know where you are right now. You could be in prison already. You could be in Australia. You could be in the United States. I don't know what your rules are, what your laws are. That's on you to look this stuff up. This is a real way to understand what's going on with your market and you can be slick about it. You can send people back their money immediately. The reason why this conversation is so important because there's a huge difference between clicking buying now and putting in your credit card number. We can sit around and have moral conversations about this all day long, but the bottom line is sometimes you got to do a little bit of a hustle maneuver. Nobody's hurt in this stuff. Technically, by the letter of the law, this stuff can be shady. But we want to share this with you. This is a naughty episode. So let's do a little naughty talk. That's right, man. You've got your buy now button up. Obviously, when you think about buy now buttons, there's a huge advantage to going with clickbank.com. If you want to do an affiliate product like we were talking about, last episode, you could go right to ClickBank, jump on the coattails of someone who's already successful, and they give you an interface to put on your website so you can start selling this stuff right away. You don't have to go down these shady routes that we're talking about. Those are dire measures for sort of a unique, innovative product that you're stretching to get to. But you can do these ClickBank products, which they have the infrastructure set up for you. Also, you can just do the buy now button and have it sent them to a landing page and have a mailing letter sign up. You're still going to get a basic idea. Just as a rule of thumb, 25% of the people that click buy now will actually buy the product. Just a rule of thumb, depending on how good your card is once you deploy it. Another thing that you should do is you should definitely have a place for them to put in their email so you can let them know when you actually have the product. Absolutely. This whole buy now button thing, that's part of the development of your WordPress site, which is up in the eight hours. So, But this is sort of a separate point we're pulling out. Okay, final move. Two hours is either to buy advertising or push traffic to your site one way or another. This is a two-hour part if you're going to go on AdWords, which is the worst possible way you can do this. This is what was suggested in the four-hour work week. AdWords traffic is expensive now. It's getting more expensive. It's competitive. It's tricky. You could screw up with your first $200 and not know what you're doing and then you're just screwed. I don't recommend that. If you're willing to do something clever to drive traffic to your new site, I'm totally hip to that. You could check out Jamie Marsden's AdWords hack. That's a clever way to use AdWords. We'll post that in this blog. Yeah. Or you could sit down for two hours and you could write all your favorite bloggers. Absolutely. You could consider doing something viral, you know? Another way to do this, Ian, is if you wanted to do something where your reputation's on the line. Obviously, you don't want to do this sort of like whole buy now button thing. But what you could do, if it's an information product, if it's sort of a community-led product, say we wanted to launch a, a product here at the podcast, we could write to those bloggers, do something clever to drive people to our landing page. And instead of a buy now, it's a sign up. You're going to get a much higher percentage of signups in general than you would buy nows. And then you can put them on your mailing list and start to get that launch sequence going on towards their way. That's one thing you could do. What we did when we did this, one of our first products. It was a B2B industrial product. We basically did AdWords. We just drove people to the site and we did tons of SEO. We started article marketing for this thing. Boom. It was two hours. We started getting traffic to the site. Yeah, and the other thing we did was go to a conference. So if you're in the kind of industry or the kind of product line that you can go to a conference, I recommend that. Walking around with a folder, opening it up, showing people what you're going to be selling. You know, when I went to the conference that you're talking about, our prototype was screwed up and we didn't have any inventory. So I'm staying 
standing in a room full of a hundred people giving a speech about this product that didn't exist. Pretty amazing, man. <laughs> I'm glad that wasn't me. Oh, man, I haven't showed up at that conference for the last three years. All right, let's move on to the quick tips, tricks, and or funny jokes section. Ian, you've got a quick tip. You are a Craigslist guru. A lot of that is going to be coming out in our new auto market product. Tell us about how you're using Craigslist this week. The funny thing about Craigslist is that I use it all the time, and I don't think me and Craig would actually be friends. He's just not my kind of guy. But I do love Craigslist, and I also love Google Chrome. So I've got a little tip here. It's a Google Chrome extension called Craigslist Peak. What you do is you search for it, and it's pretty easy, and then you install it in your Craigslist browser. And what it allows you to do is search Craigslist. When you search Craigslist, the frustrating part is that you can't see the pictures before you click on the ad. What you end up doing is spending a lot of time clicking on ads, pictures come up, description comes up and you're like, well, I wasn't interested in that. When you're in the casual encounters section looking for a date, you don't actually have to click on the individual ads. You can just see the naked people right away. Exactly. Exactly. So this comes up a lot for me when I'm searching for things on Craigslist to buy so I can see the photo before I actually have to even click on the ad. And it's true. Ian spends a great deal of time on Craigslist looking for sweet cars to buy. I've been driving around in one of his sweet cars for the last week, so I appreciate that hobby. Yeah, buddy. By the way, for everybody who doesn't live in the United States, Craigslist, it's adopted Option rate is huge. Its coverage is huge. It is such an incredible service. I mean, it's redundant for everyone that lives in the States. Of course, they all use it. They all know it. They all love it. Overseas, I haven't really found an equivalent. I mean, there's a bunch of competitors and Craigslist is here and there, but man, in the United States, it's like such an incredible service. You can do anything on Craigslist. This is one of the ways that I can cut down my time. Well, I promised that I would share a way to set up your world domination headquarters. I have a couple photos that I'll show you on the blog post for this. I believe in whiteboards. I've always believed that whiteboards have the power to transfer form of business. And I believe in big whiteboards is the more space you have, the more expansive they are. I've spent countless hours in front of a whiteboard with you diagramming out revenue numbers, organizational trees, sketching new products. I just love to let my mind go crazy on a whiteboard. A couple different ideas for installing one in your home. You can get whiteboard paint you can get this at a lot of different places. It's fairly expensive and you can get whiteboard like contact paper now that you can stick on the wall. I don't recommend the contact paper. I just don't think it's a very high quality solution, the paint is worth the money. The paint's incredible. If you can paint a wall with whiteboard, that's baller. If you ever were going to use that room for a party, you wanted something a little bit more formal, you could spray down the wall and you're good to go. Now, what we've done is we've actually bought one of those huge six by eight blocks of whiteboard or whatever that they sell at Home Depot. And we bolted the thing to the wall. And then in order to make it look sort of presentable, we bought a curtain rod, bolted that to the wall and hung up a nice set of burgundy curtains on it. It looks like sort of the window to nowhere and you open it up and it's a whiteboard with all of our bottom line figures on it. This is a great thing for business owners to have a space that they can hang out in front of. Some future episodes of the podcast, I'm sure it will be in front of whiteboards where we're demonstrating some of the concepts we're talking about. I believe in whiteboards. I think everybody should get one installed in their office or their home. And it's only 30 bucks to get this stuff done. Cool tip. Awesome. Thanks for joining me today, Ian. As always, it's fun. I'm going to play you out with a band called The Hives. I love these guys because they're intense. They're incredible live performers and they always get me pumped up. Sean Ogre and I used to put on The Hives records drink coffee and just get tons of stuff done so anyway i hope you're getting something done and i hope that something's a cold call catch you next time ian booyah hey everybody thanks for listening don't be shy we've got a mailing list lifestylebusinesspodcast.com go there get yourself signed up and we'll keep you up to date on everything